Hi everyone and welcome to the Allie on the Run show. I'm your host, Allie Feller, and today you've made it to episode 48. This week I'm chatting with Wazelle CEO, Sally Bergeson, and this episode is jam-packed with good insights, so I won't keep you here in this musical intro section for too long, but I do wanna tell you why I wanted to have Sally on the show. First, I am fascinated by entrepreneurs. Maybe, definitely, it's because I'm married to one, so I'm constantly trying to get inside the brains of fellow entrepreneurs to try and understand their breed a little better. And let me say, Sally definitely delivered on that front. Second, I love that Sally is a female entrepreneur in a male-dominated industry. So many of the higher-ups at running focused brands and companies are men, and that's fine, I've worked with so many brands over the years and it's pretty rare though to be in a room filled with women. So I appreciate and really respect Sally's vision to create a brand, Wazelle, that's focused not just on quality products for female athletes, but also on supporting women on both the competitive and recreational levels. Third, I'll be honest, I wanted to ask Sally some hard questions. I knew she could take it. I know she's super smart, brilliant even, and I knew she'd be game to talk about stuff most people don't really wanna ask her directly. So I did that. I asked her about Wazelle's more controversial moments over the past few years, like what she calls logo gate and her decision to work with bloggers years before they were called influencers. And while Wazelle's products are really high quality, flattering and comfortable, they also only go up to a size 12. I wanted to ask Sally why, and I really commend her for her answer. One last thing, I guess I lied as I tend to do about not keeping you here too long. If you haven't yet, make sure you also listen to episode 43 of the Alley on the Run show featuring Wazelle sponsored athlete Kara Goucher. These two episodes go together beautifully. Now let's get on with the show. Ladies and gentle runners, Sally Bergeson. Sally, welcome to the Alley on the Run show. I'm excited to have you, and I'm really excited we're doing this in person. This I know. is always a treat. We're here in the big city. Yeah, in the big yeah. city. You are here for the New York City Marathon. I'm just a country girl from Seattle. <laughs> All right, well, before we get into your country roots, <laughs> though I've never considered Seattle country, but I've also never been there, so what do I know? You never know what might be out there. All right, so we start the show like we start any good run, in theory, with a warm up. Tell us who nice. you are, where you're from, and what it is that you do. Well, you know, first off, I just never warm up as much as I should. They're like those activation drills that I know I should do. It's just, oh, bad. Anyway, but my name is Sally Bergeson, and I am actually originally from Northern California. Uh, have been steadily moving my way northward, um, first to Eugene, Oregon, and then up to Seattle, Washington. And currently I am the founder and CEO of Wazelle, uh, which is a women's athletic apparel company um, and we're like 10 years in now. This is our 10th year in the biz. Exciting, well happy 10th birthday. Thank anniversary. you, thank you. All right, so before we get into all the really good stuff, tell us what are some of the craziest ways you've heard people pronounce Wazelle? Oh, there's quite a collection. <laughs> uh, let's see, there's Oisel, there's Ozel, there's Oselli, there's Weasel, that's probably my favorite, uh, there's there's people that get most of the way there with the wazzle because you know the w sound um so yeah it can be all over the board and then you know sometimes i would say maybe 30 20 to 30 percent of the time you get people that are you know somewhat kind of french language oriented and kind of kind of get it right away but the thing that i always say to just clarify right off the bat is if you can say mademoiselle 
you can say Wazelle. Love it. Okay, so tell us about Wazelle. Where did it come from? This is your baby, your brainchild, your, your everything. Did you grow up saying one day I am going to have an apparel company that empowers women and runners? Was that the goal? Because oh you're shaking your head as if no, it wasn't. So no, no. I, I mean, I, well, the running gods gave me Wazelle. But before the running gods, uh, I, you know, before I found running, I was, you know, just trying to figure out my way in the world, like everybody, right? Going through high school and going through college and taking all those steps. And even though it's ironic that I went to the runningest college in the country, Oregon, but I didn't, I didn't compete there. Um, but uh, I got bit by the running bug kind of towards the end of, of college. So, I mean, the story is kind of long, but in the very short version of it is that at, from that point forward, running became part of my soul. Um, as Lauren Fleshman likes to say, it was tattooed on my heart. Um, so I, I think that's very true. And that eventually evolved into starting an apparel company, but I knew nothing about making apparel when I took that first step. So what did you know about then? I knew about brands and I knew about marketing and I knew about design and I knew about color theory, and I knew a lot of the kind of fundamentals of what you need in apparel manufacturing and design, but I, I didn't have all of that, like what they call the supply chain uh, understanding. So that was, that was all really new for me. Um, but I had a passion for running. You know, clearly I was, you know, an obsessed runner like you, like so many people that we know uh, and just saw it as so much more than just, a, you know, an activity or a, something you do for health. It's like, you know, it gets to religion level uh, and girlfriend level and uh, oxygen level. So. So you said there were all the things that you did know about the, you know, about design and all of that. Mm -hmm. Is that because you went to school for that or? No, actually, I was an English major. Um, which God bless the English majors um, <laughs> as they go out into the world looking for jobs. Um, no, I was an English major and had a like a love of language and but I really didn't know how I was going to translate that into a real job. My dad's a lawyer and so for a while I thought I was going to be a lawyer and I actually worked as a paralegal um, for uh, about six years when I first moved to Seattle but um, I really I think the I think the biggest like professional um, asset was really going into to design I worked at a design agency doing brand strategy which um, is kind of one of those big fluffy words but essentially it means helping companies articulate what they stand for and then how to translate that through a visual language so tell me about making the leap was there like an aha moment when you I feel like I've read somewhere that you wanted to make better shorts I did okay <laughs> so tell me about that was that your aha moment uh, that was the oh shit moment no <laughs> <laughs> that was the oh no moment uh god please don't make me wear these I was power shopping I had had two children by that time my my youngest daughter was only a couple years old and I was literally like moms will relate to this like you know you have like 10 things to do in 45 minutes so you like burst out the door and you like go do all your things and I went to my local running shop where I bought my shoes and my clothes and I tried on every pair of shorts that they had in the store and I just I just hated the way they fit they were like poofy and baggy and poor quality and ugly and why are there seven colors in each you know it's, it's all that so I just felt like we deserve better 
you know, and I was, my passion for the sport was way up here, but my, like the, my findings for what was like available to buy was like way down here. So I just felt like there, those needed to come closer together. And I, and I just had the folly and the foolishness to think that um, maybe <laughs> I could be the person to do that. And what was your goal? Were you like, I want to make one pair of shorts yeah. and sell it yeah. to, <laughs> well, you know. It's funny you asked that because, well, sorry to interrupt you. No, um, go. But I was just uh, like, as a brand person, like I had, like I thought a lot of my brand knowledge and skills at that point because I had consulted with quite a few different companies but I also thought in this like shorts quest I was like oh I'll be the shorts company like I'll be like the best running shorts in the world which you know there's a benefit to going narrow and deep right like if you're really gonna like have a specialty on a specialty and within a niche but that was like that was so narrow that um, after I got these perfect shorts kind of, you know, developed and was sharing them with people, I remember I would be meeting with buyers at stores and, you know, buyers that had been buyers for a long time and they would just look at me and they're like, well, what else do you have? And I was just like, <laughs> like I have them in blue. <laughs> I, exactly, I did. I had them in orange and I had them in blue and I had them in a very lovely charcoal and I had them in black, of course. Um, and I had the brand, you know, the birds and the idea and the name and Wazelle is, is French for female bird. And so it, you know, I, I understood about kind of tapping into that emotional, like capacity of, of the sport and the freedom and the flight that we, that we love and cherish. So I, I, but I, apparently I had not thought far enough to like create a tank top to go with shorts. So I, it took me a little time to kind of get oriented in how apparel collections work, you know, and how you, you know, it's not just about a single style. It's actually about the look that you carry through all of these different pieces and the story that you tell with each, with each, you know, style itself or the ensemble together. So one thing that I always find, and I even ran into this when I was creating a podcast, mm -hmm. what do I call it? And it mm. amazes me, and my husband, who is a creative entrepreneur, was mm -hmm. like, you are letting this one thing hold you up. Right. He's like, you're focusing so much well, on what really you're important. calling this. Right. Mm -hmm. And of course, I was just like, but I can't move forward until I have it. And right. I see so many people struggle with coming up with a name for what right. they want to call what they're right. doing. Right. They right. have their vision. Did you struggle with coming up with the name Wazelle, or were yeah. you like, I got this? Yeah. It was a, actually a bit of a journey. It's kind of an interesting story because at the design agency I worked at, I was a I was a professional namer. We would get hired to come up with company and product names. That's amazing. So, um, yeah, weird things that English majors can do. Yeah, good um, point. So, <laughs> uh, so I I would do that, and um, I, along the way, I learned a lot about what makes a great brand name, and had formed kind of some opinions about it, and been down some roads with different companies, and. There's a lot of factors that go into it, and least uh, least of which, or not least of which, is the ability to trademark or protect mm -hmm. your name. Because you can come up with a great name, but guess what? It's already been trademarked, and there's so many words that have already been trademarked. So I just I had all this like body of knowledge about naming, and I knew that I knew the type of name I wanted. So in our practice, we would talk about all these types of namings, but names, but the one we want um, or wanted and which we would recommend a lot is what we call the empty vessel name. So an empty vessel is just like a word, especially for our category, like you're in a different category of podcasts. I think, you're, I think your name is brilliant. Thank you. Um, but for a, like, for a consumer brand that's like a product or something, you want a name that, that maybe doesn't exist in people's minds yet mm -hmm. because you want to be able to fill it with meaning. So 
and you know there's um, a lot of different types of names out there like Apple actually is a good example of like it is the fruit but in technology it didn't mean anything it had no relevance in high-tech or in hardware etc so they could fill it with their own meaning um, Xerox is an example of a made-up name that just has it has no inherent meaning so they could fill it so so anyway the my name or the Wazelle name is kind of a little bit of a blend of that it's like an empty vessel in the sense that most Americans don't know what it means, um, but then it also has a story behind it, which is the, the flight and the freedom. I love that. And now a lot of people know how to pronounce it. So it's like, you know, I can claim to be bilingual now or like trilingual. Oh, because I know. Très, très bien. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, can we do the rest of this in French? I mean, I we'll can't have, speak French, but that sounds so we, nice. We can really <laughs> hack the shit out of the French language. I like to do that. Sometimes. I can do that in <laughs> Spanish. Give me three cocktails and I think I'm fluent in oh, Spanish. Oh, so. it sounds amazing it sounds amazing um so you mentioned you know you lived in yeah. in eugene and i've never been but i okay. have to imagine well, i have lots come. of friends there yeah i have to imagine that everyone there is a runner tell me mm. a little bit about your running story mm. well, how did you find running first off not everyone's a runner in eugene i know that's just how i imagine it. i know well and we, well if that's a like a happy yeah. like <laughs> imagining <laughs> i'd say run with it um i my running story was that towards the end of college I just was searching for what I wanted to do next I just didn't know so I I I stumbled a, uh, across the idea of going for a run and I don't know why but I would only run like after dark and I bought these running shoes but I would wear these boxers that were like also my pajamas and like a big cotton t-shirt so I mean even though you might say I've like arrived at this place of like embracing the fully technical like performance apparel life I I, I started in very in very common ground yeah, with humble with beginnings humble beginnings and also I think we share that with a lot of people that are kind of like testing it out they're like I'm not sure if this is for me so I'm not gonna like commit with all the like the goofy like run nerd um, clothing and like the little cap and, and the you're like tech give top it time so, yeah give it time. yeah I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wear these boxers that's so gonna be amazing so anyway but that that pretty quickly um, I had run one year of cross country in high school my senior year so it, you know it was there in the back of my head as something that I could do and that I was actually kind of good at so um, so I started running and and my husband at the time, um, well, he was my boyfriend at the time, but he was he was really big into competitive cycling. So I had this kind of new, it was a new window, because I'd never dated anybody that was an athlete, but it was, so it was a new window into a world of like living as an athlete. Like just at the time that was like, well, that's novel. Like <laughs> really caring a lot about like what you eat and getting good sleep and, and training every day <laughs> it's like huh and so, so much gear <laughs> and so much gear and I got I really just got kind of hooked on it like not just the activity itself but the whole lifestyle of um, you know picking out races to put on the calendar and then training for them and you know moving toward it um, with each run and seeing progress and I mean you know it's, it's addicting so when you created Wazelle you know, we talked about how it was originally about the shorts, but at mm -hmm. one point where you like, I really want this to be a brand that empowers women mm -hmm. because I feel like that's so what people think of when mm -hmm. they think of Wazelle. Was that part of the original goal or mm -hmm. was it literally just mm -hmm. shorts? And then along the way you were like, oh, you know, it would be nice as if we can build people up. Right, where did right, that come right. from? Well, I actually think in many ways that came first because, because running built me up. I wanted to share that with like it just you know if you love something so much and you see how it's transformed your own life 
then you want to help share that with other people. So I, I think even since the beginning, it's always um, transcended product. Even though I love product and I love great fabrics and I love design and I love, you know, nerding out on the way a zipper closes or you know <laughs> some you know something like that. I I just the 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 main the heart of it has always been the camaraderie, the friendship, the therapy, the me time, the health, you know, there's just, there's a million reasons um, to love the sport. And, you know, I'm sure it feels the same to people who are passionate about other sports, you know, maybe it's sailing or cycling or whatever it might be. But um, the empowerment part, I just felt so truly and deeply in my own heart and in my own life that it, it just was always part of the company from day one. So starting a business is scary and risky mm-hmm. in like every sense of the word. Right. At what point did you know that like was always sticking around that you mm-hmm. could make it that it was happening for you? Mm-hmm. You know, I think when I once I expanded our kind of investor and founding group a little bit more beyond just me, that was when it started to feel a little bit more stable. Um, people who know the brand know of Bob and Sarah Lesko, who have been um, like dear friends of mine for a long time. But really, we met through running. I met. I tried to recruit Lesko um, onto my master's cross country team, like in fall of 2010, and was like literally like, I heard you're, I heard you're fast and you're over 40. Like, what are you doing on Sundays? Because we can go like run a cross country race. And so we started like running together. And, and I love that she was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she she actually had been injured for a long time and so had just kind of in in like recently like gotten herself healed so she was ready to to kind of explore running again after having become a medical doctor and having three kids and kind of all those like big things no big deal yeah yeah (laughs) she's a brainiac it's crazy uh so so when they i think of them as as co-founders at this point because the company was so small at that point but when you say like how did i know it would stick around i think it would just i would say it was just having a crew of people that you know where it it starts to feel like more more than just kind of the wackadoodle idea you had about um, making something and selling it to a few people and keeping your day job, which I did for the first three years of the company. So, you know, I, I do have people ask me a lot about like entrepreneurship and starting businesses and what it takes. And I usually just tell them like, keep your day job. And also it'll probably take like three times as much money as you think it will. And, you know, get a bank line I mean I don't it's there's just there is a lot of risk and there's um, it's not to be it there's there's a lot that's glamorized about having a startup and starting a company and there's a lot of like realities to it which are are not glamorous and I think you know this because you're I'm married to one yes you're married <laughs> to an entrepreneur so I don't remember the last time he slept right so yeah right <laughs> and they've and his business has been around for yeah. a decade as well and yeah. it's still yeah very much a grind yeah it's it's like yeah it's like a glorious grind yeah Uh, it's got all it's got so much you know if it's something you're passionate about it's absolutely worth it Mm -hmm. Um, but it has to be something you're passionate about because otherwise it's not worth it it's like it's too hard and and too it's too long of a road to do it if it's not coming from from within well that's I know with him he might not sleep for three days but he never complains about it right because he loves it right so and I'm getting plenty of sleep so I'm fine with it right right. (laughs) like I got the bed to myself yeah I'm like I'm writing and (laughs) podcasting I'm doing great so um so then eventually was went on to start signing professional athletes 
Tell me about that. Was that again? That was was that part of the goal, or was like when did you realize that was kind of the next step the company yeah. was taking? Well, well, I mentioned the the Lescos as kind of key mm -hmm. partners, and I, you know, I would say that it it wasn't like my journey with running like led me to sort of the sub elite level, you know, where I was running fast, you know, for my local area and like you know doing well in five Ks and such. But I wasn't all that plugged into the elite side of the sport. And when I met the Lescos, they were like, hey, come down, down to Eugene, let's watch nationals, you know, at Hayward Field. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Go back to, you know, hollowed ground and, you know, get reconnected with my college town and, and appreciate sport on this, like, you know, next level. And so that was really the, the beginnings of thinking about sponsoring professional athletes, but it still took like a couple more years before. It took a couple years of, of you know, stalking our favorite athletes, um, you know, first, first at bat, Lauren Fleshman, and, uh, you know, starting those conversations. And they're like, well, you know, this is crazy. Like, you're getting paid six figures by, you know, the, the biggest brand in the business, <laughs> but we would love to work with you. And I think, you know, that's one thing I learned is that, you know, if you have a, a, a strong um, mission and kind of a, a, a mojo and a vibe going with the company and it really like fits with somebody you're like hoping to work with, that a lot of times that just works out. Like you, it's like you find each other uh, yeah. across a crowded room. Well, last week on the show, or when this comes out, it will be a couple weeks ago, we heard Kara's side of the story oh, about her yeah. signing with Wazelle, which I love because, you know, it was, her, it was taking a big chance for her, but it was right. taking a huge chance for you as a business owner. Mm. Tell me your side of the signing Kara Goucher story. Oh, yeah. No, it's one of my favorite stories because, you know, I mean, like, when do you ever get a phone call that, you know, or an email from you know, initially it was from Adam, you know, basically like just, you know, I think we were talking about something else, but he was like, you know, I know somebody who kind of likes your stuff. And I'm just like, well, get out of here. Like, stop, don't even play with my heart, you know, and I happen <laughs> to know who you're talking about. And so I had this kind of, you know, back and forth a little bit, but, um, you know, it just seemed, you know, kind of unbelievable, you know, at the time. I mean, I think, you know, we know that in the sport and, you know, in terms of like notability across the country that Kara's like it, you know, she's like um, the face of um, so much of, you know, distance running and, and so beloved um, by so many women. So, so anyway, we just started to have conversations, but I, I, I do remember, I think we both recall the same phone conversation that we had where where we just started talking and kept talking and it was just such a like easy conversation and so natural and we shared a lot with each other about um, each other's lives we've like never met in person or never talked on the phone and at the time I had like been going through some personal family stuff and you know I just I like told her straight up like what I was going through and 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 she like confided in me and something so I think just right away we knew that there was chemistry and potential there so it was, um, you know, some some going back and forth and trying to get her extracted from the claws of, of the swoosh um, so that she could come over, um, you know, full bore and, um, you know, and it's no, it's no easy feat uh, sometimes to get um, that clean break, so. Yeah, and she, the way that she tells the story is that she spent the best weekend ever with you, but then you called her and you were like, we can't do this right now that you you were the one and she's like it broke my heart she's yeah. like i understood but so 
coming from you, yeah, from a business yeah. owner who has Kara Goucher wanting to sign, yeah. how do you pick up the phone and make that call? It like I had a pit in my stomach, like, and I like wanted to throw up. Basically, is what that felt like, and I was just so, like, I. I I didn't know like that it could work, you know, and that we could even honor her with, you know, what she needed, you know, in terms of um, compensation and and um, so it sucked. I remember she was driving down to Portland at the time, and I think we both cried, and then like and then I cried some more, and then <laughs> and then, you know, and uh, but it but it was one of those things where it just I think for both of us just like stuck in our heads like we couldn't really like shake the idea you know how sometimes you make a hard decision and you're like whew like that was I was really like That's why I avoid making all decisions <laughs> That's why I text my dad a hundred times a day there you go I'm 32 proud of it that's right it's good it's good it says hate decisions you process it well and kind of come to come to a good one but it it and so but sometimes if you make the hard decision you just know it was the right decision you're Mm -hmm. just like glad it's done well it wasn't that case with her it was like it was like I made the decision and then it was like still felt like the wrong decision so that I think it was like telling when we just felt like okay we need to like you know think about this a little more and circle back and uh, and and like keep talking about it and I think that's when we found like we both really wanted it to work and so we figured it out and it's working it's working and then so I think my first introduction to Wazelle was when you were doing the totally trials do you remember that Yes. like I probably five six years ago in 2012 yeah you were doing um, it was like a social media contest for Mm. people to win a trip out to watch the Olympic trials and two of my friends won Emily and Sarah. Uh, so they were my first them and Maggie Lime Smith. Yeah, and Maggie. Lime and Sweats and Maggie. <laughs> um, all three of whom have been on the show already. So awesome. um, that was my first introduction to Wazelle, which I totally always knew how to pronounce. Oh yeah. Just hair toss, I knew. <laughs> um, but I feel like you were one of the first brands to really get into influencer marketing, which mm. at the time it was just blogging and you know it didn't really it hadn't evolved to where it is now but I always think of Wazelle as one of the first brands that really got in on the ground floor of working with what we now call influencers Mm -hmm. was that where did that come from I can only say that we just were so embedded in the community and knew you know had connections with so many people that were also embedded in the community so I I have to say like I don't think we even knew the term Mm -hmm. influencer marketing like you said it it yeah it it was just knowing people that liked the sport. It was too. like Twitter friends Twitter at the time. Friends, yeah. yes, exactly. <laughs> like I see you over there. You've got a good vibe. You want to hang out? I mean, like literally, that's that's how we roll. I mean, yeah. it's still how we roll. I, I still like. I think uh, we were just talking about this. That that you know, the whole idea of influencer marketing has gotten so kind of out of control. That and some people that are that brands are hiring to be influencers I think have a kind of tenuous connection with actually some of the like like the true authentic best parts of like what a, a brand might be about so so even like what are there any that well, come just, to mind like the trend of going towards celebrity mm-hmm. influencers so like some of the big brands like Adidas and and such and have like athletes are out Kendall Jenner is in Kendall Jenner is in and you know, God bless Kendall Jenner. I have nothing against her, but I, you know, it's my opinion that if you're an athletic brand that's about performance and you have this like universe of incredible athletes to draw from, and that you're paying you know big money for, like, 
you know, those are those are incredibly inspiring stories. And there's a there's a big following of women out there who still want to see athletic achievement front and center from a performance brand. And, you know, maybe those two things can live hand in hand with the Kendall Jenners. So maybe that's just like a new offshoot of it. Um, but I'm I personally, I'm just not a huge fan of celebrity culture, period. So this is again, this is just kind of like where we like sit and the things that that um, Wazelle, you know, shoots for, but it's just, um, it's, it's just very much still centered on athletes being the core of who we are, not only our professionals, but also our emerging elite athletes as part of the Hope Volley, and then as part of the Volley as well, like women all over the country that are just passionate about the sport, want to be connected, want to be on a team, want to support the emerging elites, and are just, you know, and I want those women to be, you know, our influencers as well. One thing that I've noticed about Wazelle is people either seem to love it and be obsessed with it mm -hmm. and has this total cult following mm -hmm. or people like really don't like it. Mm -hmm. And it, for some reason, seems to be kind of a polarizing brand. Mm -hmm. Do you see that? And if so, why do you think that is? Mm. I don't know. I, I actually... I think, it, I mean, it's a really interesting question. In fact, we were just talking about polarizing brands today. And I don't, I don't know that I have a good answer because one of the things, one of the cool things about running and running culture is that there's so many options for being a runner, right? Mm -hmm. You can be a total, you know, solo runner just on your own. You can join a local running club that runs out of the local running store. You could join a more like formal, like USATF sponsored club that goes to like cross country nationals, which is what I did before I started Wazelle. You can join like a Strava club. You can join, you know, there's just, there's like a bazillion, there's New York road runners. Mm -hmm. And then, and then Wazelle is also an option. Like if you like running and you want to be on a team, then there's this option of being part of a community of women who love to run and race and appreciate great gear as well. And so I I think we've attracted a lot of the women who like that and that like resonates with them. They you know the, one of the sayings we have is your vibe attracts your tribe. Um, but I don't know, maybe there's like a polar opposite of that. Maybe there's like <laughs> a vibe like, you know, repels also <laughs> um, another group of people. Um, but to that, you know, I don't I don't like I don't really have much patience for, uh, you know, um, people that just want to like pile on and, you know, hate on what you're doing. Because to that, I say, you know, if you want to go create your own community, like have at it. Like you're the, the world's a big place. Um, life's really short. And so, you know, if you have an opportunity to get out there in the world and create positivity and create team and, you know, build a community and do a lot of things that, um, quite frankly, you know, help people, then there's, there's you know, places that, that you, can, you can do that. And if you want to be a part of the one that we're creating, like, we welcome you with open arms. So, um, you know, it's, I think it's just sort of a fact of life, um, and unfortunately a little bit more of a fact of life for women, that when they get out there and they're leading and they're doing something, that um, there will be the takedown artists, you know, that, you know, for whatever reason, they don't like what you're doing, they're, um, you know, sometimes jealousy is a factor, but that's not always it, and they, you know, just like on some level don't really want to see you succeed but not only that they're just not like willing to like leave leave well enough alone they want to like get in there and claw and scratch and 
you know so we just you know we like stay in your light is what a friend told me stay in okay. your light you know believe in what you're doing you know keep keep believing in the people that believe in you um, I'm a very loyalty kind of oriented person and I like and I see and know and appreciate the people that have been have been loyal to us and I try to try to really give back what is the scariest thing you've done in your career you know I think any of the times that we've had to kind of stand up to uh, the, the powers that be in the sport ha they've been both scary and exhilarating like knowing you're doing the right thing but it's still like a, a freaky like you know it's, it's still like okay I'm gonna click that button I'm gonna like make that statement I'm gonna like put myself out there um, those moments can be a little nerve-wracking but I don't know if that would be the scariest I mean you know personally I would I would just say you know building a business you have to first and foremost before you even get other investors you have to put your personal um, finances on the line and and I did that and you know anytime you do something like um, you know put your house or like something that you know the walls that your family lives in on the line for something something you care about and believe that that can be scary that can be like the middle of the night like you know wake up and kind of like have a, like a, a sweat it out yeah that's why he doesn't sleep that's <laughs> why Brian doesn't sleep because exactly. then he doesn't get the night sweats so yeah don't get the night sweats don't get pity uh, so um, you know so I think there's been steps along along the way that have 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 been scary you know so in talking about, you mentioned, you know, the fear of pushing the button or, or sending out the statement that you know you want to make, and that can be a little scary. What is the fear there? Is it the fear of the reaction? Is it, like, what, what's the fear factor there? Um, uh, I think anytime you're in an industry that is dominated by behemoth corporations that have, you know, quite frankly, the, the power the money, the ability to hurt you if they really wanted to, you know, you have to calculate all of that. And so, so, I th you know, I think it's just, I think it's just around that, that, you know, it's your, at the end of the day, the beauty of what we do is that we're a small agile company, but at the end of the day, that's, that could be, you know, a risk as well. Yeah. So in 2014, I think it was 2014 mm -hmm. when Kate Grace ran mm -hmm. at the, the relays, that was the year that, of the Photoshop. Ah, uh, yes. Can we talk about that? Yeah, the okay. uh, so, Instagram gate. Yes. <laughs> Is that what you gate. call it? Logo, Logo gate. Logo gate. All right, so can you tell us the story of kind of what happened and yeah. how that blew up? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the underlying premise of that whole moment was it's a bigger story around how the sport works. Yes. And so what what I had learned and what we had learned by getting in there and actually sponsoring professional athletes is that the higher you go as a professional track and field athlete, the less visibility you will receive for the brands that have supported you along that journey. So the moment that you go from being um, a sponsored track and field athlete at the trials to being on the Olympic team or a world's team is the moment that you relinquish all of your visible ties and visible relationship to those brands that have um, carried you along the way. So Worlds is an example, the, the World Relays is an IAAF event, um, as is, you know, the regular uh, relays, like the ones that happened last year mm. in the summer in London. And so all of those, those gals that were on that team all ran for other brands other than Nike. And yet they were um, in the Team USA uniforms per the agreement between Nike and the USATF. And it just, it, 
it it struck me as such a poignant example of what's broken in our sport to have these athletes who essentially had gotten where they were um, through um, their sponsors and yet at this pinnacle moment right this this is the moment I mean they won silver they right they won silver they I mean it actually the relays were are are not that highly watched it's a you know pretty minor event on the um, calendar of ma of major running events but still and so it, it I think it was just so it was just such a symbol of of, of what what was wrong that it that it occurred to me that it you know it might be good just to just to share just a little share on um, who the brands were that um, actually do sponsor those athletes. So it definitely wasn't um, posted with any significant malintent. Well, so you you Photoshop, you know, mm -hmm. you put their sponsor logos right. so back on their uniforms. It was Heather, they yep, Heather Camp and Brenda Martinez and Kate Grace and Katie Mackey. And so mm -hmm. there was Brooks and there was New Balance and there was Asics and there was Wazel. So all of those logos got um, put back in their proper places. And when so you did that, was that, was your intention to, you know, kind of show the love where it should have been for mm -hmm. the sponsors? Or mm -hmm. were you kind of looking to shake it up and cause mm -hmm. a stir? Mm -hmm. Both. Both. Yeah. No, I, uh, you know, the, because the thing is, is that, I mean, I mean, people think that, you know, this, a sponsor, you know, a sponsor relationship that, you know, that let me back up a little bit. Um, track and field is really suffering overall as a sport. It's been in decline for about 15 years in terms of viewership and in terms of sponsors that are coming into it. And the reason for that is is because of this visibility problem. And unlike other sports that have the ability to integrate other logos like skiing or like um, like try, you know, you'll notice even in the Olympics that the tri suits were covered with different logos. You know, Mike, Michael Phelps, you know, introduced his own um, brand in the Olympics. So, hmm. um, what people don't um, really understand about track and field is that um, one of the reasons why it's in decline is because of this uh, lockdown on um, visibly having logos of an athlete's own sponsor. Because if, if, let's say you're a business, let's say this business wants to sponsor a track and field athlete and you learn, okay, this sounds great, they're gonna be out there racing. Oh, but wait, but the moment they get to a world's team or a Olympic team, like, that, like that's all gone. So as a business person, just consider that. Like what's my return on investment? So I've poured everything I can into helping them reach that goal. And then once they get there, they, they, I don't get any visibility. So I can't pay that athlete as much. So that's why you have track and field salaries are super depressed. Um, that's why you have $15,000 is like the average, like going price of a, like a, you know, young and up, up and coming pro, you know, unless they're like in the top 3% mm -hmm. uh, of the talent pool. So it, it was a light, it was a way to shine a light on those other sponsors, but it was also a way to just shine a light on the fact that we have a broken system. Yeah. So another bit of feedback I tend to see mm -hmm. on the internet <laughs> with Wazelle. So you are a very like welcoming, inclusive mm -hmm. brand, mm -hmm. very female empowerment, which we love. Mm -hmm. But you only go up to a size 12. Mm -hmm. How do you take that criticism right. to the brand? Well, first off, I like to say it's valid criticism. So, you know, I think just receiving feedback is a super important part of running a business. And, you know, if you can't receive 
all kinds of feedback, then it's going to be a painful road. <laughs> um, but the second thing I would say is that, yes, I'm very excited that beginning with spring 2018, we are expanding sizes in beginning with key styles up to a size 14 and are really excited to do that. And um, I like to kind of describe that process a little bit because one thing that many people, myself included, before I got into the garment design business, um, kind of their their thought about how um, sizing works is that, you know, consider your, you know, uh, a small size or an average middle size and you just think, well, you're just getting, you're just getting bigger. You know, you're just like, you know, just copy paste, yeah. expand, you know, that, that sort of idea. And it's actually couldn't be further from that in terms of the art and science of doing what's called size grading. So size grading is simply, you know, the, the, the grading, um, that's the measurement between each size. And the reason why I say it's an art and a science is because one of the things that's like, like wonderful and crazy about women is that, that our bodies are like incredibly dynamic, like between, you know, butts and hips and boobs and shoulders and legs and all of that, there are so, there's like an, there's just an incredible number of variations that she can have in terms of her size. There's, right? So if you think about, about, and yet in manufacturing, the art of manufacturing, or the, what, what manufacturing thrives on is consistency. Mm -hmm. So at some point in the garment, you have to put a stake in the ground and go, this is going to be our measurements. We're going to be like 24 measurements from neck to thumb, you know, this, mm -hmm. this, and then it's going to scale like this way as we move up. Well, as you get into much larger sizes, the scale actually changes dramatically more. Like the measurements like, um, you know, breasts, for example, like that measurement from your sports bra band that's under your breast from the top of your décolletage, as you would say in French, oh um, gosh, so <laughs> uh, is um, it increases much more dramatically as the sizes get bigger. So there actually is like a truly an art to doing um, larger sizes or extended sizes, as it's called. And with our small team internally, we for a long time weren't really equipped to do that well. And I would like the last thing I would ever want would be to go into plus sizes and not do it well, mm -hmm. because that's, you know, it's insulting, it's bad for our brand and it's insulting to the customer that we're hoping to serve. So. So the good news is that we're getting to a place where we're, we're, it's coming around and we've learned a lot and we've learned a lot about size grading and we have um, what are called fit models, which just basically means sizing models that come mm -hmm. into the office. And that I've seen you post pictures or I've seen the Moselle accounts post right, photos, I right. feel like. Size 12 yep. fit model, which yeah. um, is, you know, you have to have that. An actual human. An, oh human, my gosh. A human that the garment goes <laughs> a on. A revelation. And not only, that, not only just fitting the garment on them, but having them wear it and making mm -hmm. sure that it performs as well. So there is a lot that goes into it. And that's by no means meant to be like an excuse for us not having moved quicker. Um, because I wish we could have, but I know that we're moving at the rate that we can now and with the resources that we have. And I certainly hope that um, if anybody is listening to this that um, is in that size range, I hope you will give us a try and you know certainly let us know um, if we're doing well or not because it's again it's that feedback loop that will only you know gar garments are iterative like every season you have the opportunity to iterate and make it better so I, it's that's like the a joy of it and i look forward to it so one thing that i love that you just mentioned is that you welcome feedback mm. do you have like naturally pretty thick skin or does it ever sting 
you know, I don't have naturally thick skin. You know, things hurt. You know, people say mean things. It's, you know, it sucks. But I think I've gotten to a really good place of, like, comfort with myself and what I'm doing in the world and how I'm trying to contribute. And so I think the more confident and comfortable you are in your own skin and with your mission and purpose, then that stuff just doesn't matter as much. You're able to um, not let it get to you. And I think that's a really, I think that's a, it's just such a great life skill, right? Like we all kind of go through it. Maybe in our younger years, we're a little bit more, we get a little bit more pushed around emotionally. And then as we get older, we figure out that it's actually um, not not about us a, a lot of the time. That um, and, and to pair that, I would just say that I really try to have a lot of empathy for people. Like even if somebody is coming at me with like an insult or that they um, um, hate what we're doing or think we're like off base or something, sometimes I just pause to wonder like what's going on with them and wonder if it's more about that than it is anything that we're doing. People take their anxiety and anguish out in a lot of different weird ways. And, you know, and they might be doing that to Wazel, um, or it might be like a really valid comment. I'm just trying to like, you know, figure those two things out. Yeah. All right, the last thing I'll ask you before we sprint to the finish, mm. what is your greatest stress in life and how do you deal with it? Just managing time, you know. I think we all know time is the one currency we can't, we can't print more of <laughs> down at the mint. So. I, you know, I try my best to, to manage time, but I think sometimes that's not a matter of just trying to squeeze more into the time. It's sometimes it's actually pausing and being like, you know, so one of my things I do for my routine is every Wednesday morning is um, workout uh, morning. So pretty much from like when I get up till about 11, 11 to 12, I get to do my workout, which is like, that's a big chunk of time, you know, nice. for somebody who has a long to-do list. But I've, I've really worked to preserve that because it's almost as much of Wazelle's like brand essence as anything else. Like if I'm not still running and I'm, and I'm not still passionate about running, then how is that going to help the company? So, or sleep, sleep's another one that like, I think it's underrated. Like, like tell your husband he needs to like catch up every day, <laughs> every day. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I think those things are, are just, um, their um, like secret sauce that it should like even though counter even though it might be like sleep's lazy or running, no sleep is running amazing is, running is like we well, should be back doing email and it's like no actually you will be your emails will be better yeah if you go for a absolutely run. <laughs> or they're going to be real angry all right in one sentence what is your best piece of advice for aspiring female entrepreneurs find friends I like that all right are you ready to sprint. To the finish. I think so. I'm a little stressed because I, you know, sometimes I, I like today? to I like to reflect. I haven't run today, okay. so so that's a problem. And then I always I'm one of those of like absorbers. I like to think on things and sleep on it, and then come back with an answer. But so I'll really try to keep All up right. here. I will grant you passes. Okay. If if you're like no, okay. you can yeah. pass. <laughs> All right. But these are fun. Yeah. What would your last meal on earth be? Mmm. Probably fondue, like I don't know, some just some bread and some big bowl of cheese. Love it. Uh, favorite movie? 
Mm, that's really tough. Um, probably um, Budapest Hotel. Favorite TV show? I don't watch TV. Greatest fear? Mm, that my knees will get out and I'll never be able to run again. Favorite race you've ever done? I would have to be New York. I ran here in 2013, it was amazing. Favorite place you've ever run? Mm, wow, the fire trail in Berkeley, California. Do you have a go-to mantra for races or tough workouts? Keep it respectable. Nice. First thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Put something warm and fuzzy on. I live in Seattle. <laughs> Last thing you do before you close your eyes at night? Take a big drink of water. Ooh, nice. Saturday long run or Sunday long run? Oh, Sunday. What is the one thing you can't run without? Wazelle clothes. Favorite Wazelle product? Oh, man, that's a tough one. <laughs> I mean, I, I would have to go with either the flight tank or the Roga shorts just because they're iconic. Shameless plug, I got engaged wearing a flight tank. <gasps> just saying. What? Um, you're a runner, pedicures, yay or nay? Oh, you have to. You need to like treat your feet well because you abuse them. Okay, we're gonna have to play you back Carrie Goucher's answer for that. Oh, uh, well, her to she doesn't really have toenails <laughs> anymore. That's what she said, she was a hard nay. Where's your happy place? Hmm, I mean, out on a run is such an easy answer. Um, but I'm a homebody. I love just hanging out at home with the family. Yeah, I like that. Who is your childhood celebrity crush? Blondie. <laughs> love it. Um, favorite runner? I mean, I already work with them. Um, outside of the Wazelle family, um, I've always I've always been a Desi fan. She's awesome. Outside of like hardcore running, hmm. I mean, Catherine Switzer is pretty awesome. Ooh, that's she's, a good one. She's the bomb. All right, you're hosting a dinner party. You get to have five guests. Who do you want at your table? Okay. Well, I just said Catherine Switzer's name, so that's that's in there, and I've never met her, so I gotta I gotta make that make that happen. Um, I mean, and I, Ron, Ron, I mean Meb. Like, have you heard his story? That's insane. Yeah. Very cool. Then I'm gonna have to go with Prince, because it can be alive or dead. Yep. Right? They can be ghosts, whatever you want. Yeah. Animals. Yeah. I get two more. Yep. Animals. Wow. If you want. I mean, like a it's badass a bird of prey that would just like sit there and like beat the shit out of a steak or something. Like <laughs> Curveball, we haven't had that answer yet. Most people are just like the Obamas and call it a day, but we've got birds of prey here. <laughs> I mean, I think Barack could sit next to the bird of prey and that would, yeah, that would be All right. pretty sweet. We've sweet got our bird. party. Okay. That's a good one. All right, before we let you go, give everyone listening a reason to run today because you can. Love it, that's the great answer. All right, we're gonna have you back on to answer like my 400 more questions. I would love to do You're that. You're very inspiring. Thank you for what you do in the industry and to empower women. You're a force. Thank, thank you for having these conversations and for bringing them to people, for bringing the run, the run conversation to, to more. My favorite thing to talk about. Nice. Awesome. Thank you. 
All right, I promised you lots of good stuff and I hope you enjoyed it. Sally, thank you so much for your honesty, your candor, and your time. We got to record this episode in person while Sally was in New York City for the marathon and it's always a treat to actually get to sit down with someone and get to chat. Real life podcasting is the best. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you like what you're hearing, please consider leaving a rating and review for the show on iTunes. Let's blow this thing up, you know? If you're not sure how to leave a rating or review, I'll show you. I am Allie on the Run on Twitter and Instagram, and I exist on the Allie on the Run Facebook page. Hit me up in any of those places, and I would be happy to give you a tutorial. I may even enlist Ellie, that's my puppy if you're new here, to help and demonstrate. That is all for me for today. Have a magical day, and thanks for joining me on the run.